When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast, as always, with the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We're going to be getting into some Brock Purdy updates. Uh, we got mm. kind of a, I don't know, a funny, comedic, humorous rumor that we can uh, we can play around with later in the episode. We're also going to discuss something that Mark brought up on our last episode that was essentially uh, confirmed by a very prominent ESPN voice. Before we dive head in, Mark, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good weekend, uh, but pumped to be back for another week of the 415ers. I know we're kind of at a dead period of the NFL right now, but we're getting a little bit of news here or there. I think for most NFL teams, Evan, training camps open right around the 26th of July. So we're like officially one month out from training camp. Uh, the Niners will probably likely have some news come out there because you will probably continue to get Brock Purdy updates and so on and so forth. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We're inching closer, but overall, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's nice to be able to kind of relock back in on uh, the Bay Area wider sports scene, football, of course, included. Uh, had the chance to get out to Stockton to do a couple of broadcasts for the go. A's a ball affiliate and they were playing the San Jose giants. So that was fun to be able to see ideally the next, you know, kind of phase or chapter of Bay area baseball. Uh, even if the A's are probably going to be playing somewhere else, but that was fun. You got to talk to the next show. Hey, Otani, huh? Okay. Am I right? <laughs> you, you wish <laughs> you're yeah. right. I do wish <laughs> he's talking about Reggie Crawford, who was the 2022 first round pick for the giants out of Yukon, mm-hmm. who is one of the most unique prospects across the game because of his ability to throw a hundred mile per hour fastball, as well as hit 450 feet home runs like Shohei Otani. Uh, but I hate to break it to you, Mark. He only plays once a week. In the field and yeah. only pitches once a week on the mound. So you might have to pump your brakes if you're going to throw his name into the Otani ring. Yeah. And you could say that about literally anyone on the face of the earth. No one else is Shohei Otani. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun, but yes, I agree with you hundred percent. No, no, I, 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 I got you. No one else, <laughs> by the way, is also Brock Purdy because right oh. now Brock Purdy is one of the more unique, I think kind of, you know, not necessarily like comeback stories, but obviously he's returning from injury right now. We got an update earlier today as we're recording this on Monday. If you're listening on Tuesday morning, we very much appreciate it. Tom Pelissero um, of NFL Network, insider for them, uh, reported today that Brock Purdy is headed to Jacksonville. Don't worry, not in a trade, although I feel like based on the headlines, any quarterback name with the 49ers involved in heading somewhere is <laughs> seems like it's just going to be a trade. Uh, but he's throwing in the next couple of weeks with his quarterback coach, Will Hewlett, and an orthopedist specialist. Uh, just another sign that 
Brock Purdy is progressing through his rehab following elbow surgery, remains on track for the start of the 2023 season. Week one, September 10th against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's big uh, good news for the 49ers. We've been talking about it so on, you know, every every once in a while over the last couple of months. I mean, it's been, what, three and a half months since Brock Purdy had the surgery. He ended up getting that surgery on March 10th. Um, and he's been throwing for nearly an entire month now, and it seems like this is the next step. Again, this is kind of a dead period for NFL teams, at least in terms of having their hands on their players. Um, so Brock Purdy, I'm sure, you know, with, you know, confirmation and the 49ers allowing him, and it's probably something they both agreed to, Brock Purdy is going out on his own with his own quarterback coach and, and with his own medical specialists. Um, and, you know, continuing to throw. So it's obviously a step forward. And it, it seems like Brock Purdy is just absolutely blowing his rehab out of the water. I mean, again, you remember he was expected to start throwing again after three months. That was the benchmark. Uh, and three months was about two weeks ago, a little more than two weeks ago. He's He was throwing a couple of weeks before that. So he is... Not only is he ahead of schedule, um, but him being ahead of schedule, obviously, I mean, they're not pushing him, you know, fall, uh, to a place where he shouldn't, but him being ahead of schedule, he still hasn't met any kind of setback. Sometimes you see, oh, you know, he, he reached this benchmark before we were expecting, but then you read a week later, and now we got to shut him down for a week, and he's kind of back to on schedule. That hasn't happened yet, so it's all good news on the Brock Purdy front for now. There's still a lot of roadblocks and hurdles he has to clear. I think the biggest one is when you finally in, reintroduce contact. How is the elbow going to hold up with the threat of contact and when contact finally does happen again? But for the time being, Evan, there's absolutely no complaints. At least there shouldn't be. He is hitting every benchmark well before we expected it. And if things continue on this pace, it, it seems like there shouldn't be much of an issue for him being physically cleared for week one. Yeah, I think it's it's a great sign, and it's just another check mark on the box of Brock Purdy uh, to get him back to the field and get him back to where he should be, quite honestly, which is quarterback one for the San Francisco 49ers, because I believe that the Niners have a great season ahead of them. I believe that it has to do with which we'll discuss in just a little bit the surrounding pieces for Brock Purdy. Uh, but, you know, everything appears to be that's, He's he's right on track. Um, the, the one the one place that I I kind of was thinking about based on our last conversation about the quarterbacks and kind of going through each and every one of them. And it, this doesn't surprise me, by the way, the, the update from Pelissero about Purdy being online and, you know, heading down to Jacksonville, I guess, was maybe a place not many expected, but he had to throw somewhere. <laughs> and I, I just. I don't know, Mark, like, and it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with just the injury, but I want to ask you this question. Cause I've been kind of sitting on it for a little bit. Am I crazy to think that Brock Purdy is going to regress in 2023? Hmm. I feel like that's a loaded question. I don't think it's necessarily crazy because I, I was kind of running through Shanahan quarterbacks in my mind. And obviously the biggest one is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but even to a lesser extent, you think maybe Nick Mullins. I mean, guys who have had actual run as 49er quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan. And what have almost all of them done, Evan? 
they've all almost come out of the gate firing. I mean, you remember Jimmy Garoppolo's first five starts after the team acquired him and after, was it Brian Hoyer or was it, I don't blame gap, what, whoever it was, goes down with an injury and Jimmy Garoppolo steps in when Kyle Shanahan had said earlier, this playbook is extremely complicated. We don't need you to, to play now. We're going to get you ready for next season. And then the quarterbacks go down injured. Jimmy gets thrown into the fire and goes 5-0 and with a really, really bad team against some playoff teams towards the, the final stretch of that season. And then how did the rest of Jimmy Jimmy's career go? We all know. He never really seemed to capture that kind of flame once again. There was a, the crazy stat, like first 12 career starts or whatever it was. Nick, Bull, Nick Mullins is up there with Patrick freaking Mahomes in terms of like the most efficient quarterbacks in their first whatever career starts. So I, I won't lie to you. That thought has kind of happened to me too. It's been in my head. It would be seemingly following a structure, uh, a pattern uh, for Kyle Shanahan, 49ers quarterbacks, if Brock Purdy were to struggle or at least not reach the level he w- he was at initially last year. I think it's a little different because Brock Purdy was a rookie last year. Jimmy Garoppolo had been in the league for a while, had played some games, had started some games. But I would be lying if if I said that that thought wasn't in my head at some point either because it's, it's kind of how Shanahan quarterbacks have gone under the 49ers. Well, that's something I hadn't honestly considered, but now I feel even more firm in my belief after hearing your explanation about the regression of Shanahan quarterbacks, because I am just simply basing this off of one, the fact that he's returning from injury, uh, but two, I, I don't think people understand how high of a bar Brock Purdy set for himself and future 49ers young quarterbacks last season across his regular season starts. Brock Purdy had a just north completion percentage of 67. That would put him in essentially the top 10 of qualified quarterbacks last year. I don't want to extrapolate the touchdown numbers because I think that's a little unfair, and I also believe it's a product of the offense surrounding him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those numbers across a 17-game season, should he stay healthy, would also undoubtedly be in the top 10 conservatively. His... Overall quarterback rating was about 107.5. That's a number that was better than any other quarterback over an entire season. That is utterly ridiculous. And so for me to believe that Brock Purdy could continue that over 17 games, leave out the fact that he's returning from elbow surgery, leave out the fact that Kyle Shanahan has gotten his quarterbacks, whether it's his fault or un- unluckiness or you know whatever you want to call it, unfortunate circumstances have had his quarterbacks hurt. Leave that aside. I just feel like Brock Purdy, what he did last year, flew under the radar of how unbelievably efficient he was under center for the 49ers, largely because of the offense that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But I don't believe that it's even fair to think that he can do that again if he stays healthy for an entire season just because what he did was unprecedented, not only just as a rookie, but as a first-year quarterback. And to be able to do it uh, under those kind of bright lights and and expectations um, that were virtually none last season, I think next year we are going to expect something from Brock Purdy that I don't believe it's fair to even think that he can deliver on.
that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, he definitely has the burden of expectations now. I mean, there was absolutely no pressure on him last year. Okay, there was pressure on that he had a good team, but it's not like there was anyone out there expecting, all right, this guy's now going to lead us to a Super Bowl. There was nothing last year in that regard for Brock Purdy, but now he's gone out there and proven that he's a pretty good quarterback, at, at least. It it looked like it last regular season and even into the postseason before, of course, that terrible game in the NFC championship game against the Eagles. Um, So there's that. I think I I would maybe push back if he had a healthy offseason, but because he doesn't even have an offseason after a wild rookie year to to actually go out and, and physically try to work on and fix some things. Of course, he's looking at tape, figuring out his footwork, just not doing a lot of arm work. But, I mean, you're a quarterback. That's your most important asset is your arm and your ability to throw the ball. So the fact that he hasn't been able to physically work on those things, at least not nearly as much as you would if you had an entirely healthy offseason, that does worry me a little bit. One thing I will also say, Evan, I won't say the 49ers are slump proof at the quarterback position, but they don't need him to be as good as he was during that stretch to end the regular season either. I mean, this was a Niners team who went undefeated and Brock Purdy starts and a lot of them were dominant wins. I mean, the, the Raiders win was pretty close. There were, you know, some, some moments where maybe they started a little bit slow and you wanted them to to come out firing better early in the game, whatever. But a lot of those wins were relatively comfortable Um, So the 49ers maybe are a little bit of Brock Purdy regression proof, I would say. Perhaps, I don't know, you could also make the case the roster is better this year around Brock Purdy. When you add in Javon Hargrave, I know there were some losses elsewhere, specifically in the the defensive secondary with Jimmy Ward and, and all of that. You could make that case. But considering just how elite the team was with Brock Purdy last year, I don't think he needs to be every bit of the quarterback he was during that stretch. Of course, they would like it and they want him to improve and they want him to get better. But perhaps this team is still, you know, 12 wins, even with maybe a slightly lesser Brock Purdy at quarterback. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. Um, It's just it's something that we can, I I think, kind of just tap note. And uh, it's something that I am certainly hoping that I am wrong about going into next year, but it just continues to be on the forefront of my mind. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please download the Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us there. Also, check us out on the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. While you're there, please subscribe. Every single view, download, rating helps. And we're coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. Okay, Mark, um... Before we we get into Bill Barnwell's rankings of essentially the 49ers weaponry, uh, I did want to ask you off of the Brock Purdy uh, conversation that we just had about you know him going to Jacksonville, Tom Pelissero uh, telling us that he's about to start throwing with his quarterback coach. I am curious why you don't think that there would be any sophomore slumpage, so to speak, from Purdy, not just because it's his second year. Um, well, actually, because it's a second year, because I think teams have now had time to analyze, to figure out the best ways to attack 
Brock Purdy specifically, not just that 49ers offense, but why you believe that Brock Purdy could be just as good if he hadn't had an offseason that was shortened by the arm surgery? I don't know. Maybe I didn't do the best job explaining, but I, I think if, say, say Brock Purdy had an entire offseason and it was a normal, healthy offseason and he's able to do everything he possibly wanted physically, he was throwing all year long, that would just be another tick in the box of, you know, improvement. I would expect that. Um, not necessarily something that I would... Uh, I don't know, bet on and 100% count on or rely on. Uh, but the fact that he didn't have that, in my opinion, is at least not necessarily cause for concern, but a check in the opposite box of this is working against Brock Purdy and the 49ers. But I think anytime you have the ability to get every single possible first team rep, I mean, these these guys are still relatively new to each other. I know that Brock Purdy was on the team last offseason, of course, drafted over a year ago now and was with the team through OTAs and rookie minicamp and mandatory minicamp and training camp and all of that, but wasn't getting first team reps and, and didn't really get consistent first team reps until the two quarterbacks ahead of him went down with injury. I mean, this is a guy that's still relatively new to this franchise, relatively new to all of these pass catchers. So I think logic would say the more time he spends with these guys, the more time he is given all of the opportunities, the more time the 49ers are putting every single possible resource they can into him, I think logically you would expect him to at the very least not regress, and you would hope that that means a step forward. Now the other side that you mentioned is our teams adjusting to him. Um, I think there's also adjustments the 49ers can make. I mean, they acquired Christian McCaffrey in the offseason. Could you imagine what Kyle Shanahan is or in, in the middle of the regular season, excuse me, is when they acquired McCaffrey. Could you imagine what Kyle Shanahan is doing, drawing up plays after a nice cocktail, you know, and, and dinner on his napkin at a nice restaurant with his family on random day in April? He's drawn up plays for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there are also adjustments on the other side of the ledger that the 49ers can make. So I think logically it makes sense to expect step forwards, but things that are going against Brock Purdy, including the injury, I think are just ticks in the other box that might make you think twice about it. I am envisioning Kyle Shanahan with his family uh, taking one of his children's crayons and drawing exactly. on a five-star napkin in front of, he seems to me like a Manhattan guy. I could be wrong, but I don't take him as the the fruity sort of setup. He seems to be more of a, you know, a darker kind of um, concoction man. I don't know. It 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 is a funny visual to me. Uh, I also, you know, we, we can, we can take this another time. I, I do have my concerns about Brock Purdy's physical limitations as well, but I think one of the reasons why everyone has so much success about him, and I think it's a good segue because you mentioned his name is Christian McCaffrey and the rest of that weaponry that surrounds him. And Bill Barnwell uh, was clearly listening to the the 415ers podcast mm-hmm. last week. He does work for ESPN, national NFL writer, and does a, a lot of kind of long-form journalism specifically on ESPN+. Plus. So for those that do not have access, essentially graded out his best uh, offenses just based on who surrounds the quarterback and the Niners were number one in 2022. They were number three 
And in 2021, they were number 12. So they have clearly leveled up, as has, I believe, the entire offense. And the big reason of that is because he specifies you turned Elijah Mitchell and Ty Davis Price into Christian McCaffrey. And so you are now number one. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll let you have the floor here because this was something that you were preaching about in our last episode. And before I dig in and disagree with the both of you, I want <laughs> you to state your case. I will say I think you deserve a little bit of credit because I think I initially said offenses excluding quarterbacks, but including everyone else. And that included offensive lines at the 49ers miles ahead of anyone else. I think you're right to say if you exclude the offensive line, at least in my mind, then that makes a whole lot more sense. And that's what Bill Barnwell is talking about here. He's more just talking about the weapons. So tight ends, running backs and wide receivers, not offensive linemen and not quarterbacks. And with that, I 100% agree with Bill Barnwell. You look at the 49ers, wide receivers. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got Brandon Ayuk. You've got Juwan Jennings, whatever. Doesn't really matter much beyond that. But essentially, that top two of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. What would you say, Evan? I mean, you've, that's got to be at least, what, 10th, top 10 in the NFL of, of wide receiver duos? I would think so. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Top, top 10 for sure. The, the the one thing that I think is kind of funny, and I also I believe it to be a statistical anomaly, but the Carolina Panthers offense actually got better when they <laughs> traded Christian McCaffrey away from, from their team to the 49ers. Of course, the Niners offense just completely exploded exponentially. Yeah. It went from middle of the pack to as you laid out in our last episode, which you can check out wherever you download your podcast from as being clear cut number one. Uh, the Panthers offense also took a large step forward, which I, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so 49ers wide receivers, I think at least top 10, you could probably say, mm, I don't know, maybe top seven, somewhere around there, seventh best wide receiver duo in the NFL. That's not bad. Then you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I don't know, a top three tight end in George Kittle. You could probably even make the case the second best tight end in the NFL. I know there are other candidates, but he was definitely three? number two after Brock Purdy took over his starter. 100%. He was maybe incredible. even number one those last like five weeks of the regular season. He was incredible at the end of the last season. That's something that Bill Barnwell wrote about uh, as well in, in this ESPN plus piece. And then you consider running back. Um, maybe you think McCaffrey isn't the best running back in the NFL, but I would be, I would disagree with you incredibly strongly if you, thought that he wasn't one of the three best running backs in the NFL. And I would personally say he's the most versatile. And I think he's the best running back this 49ers offense could possibly have. So 49ers have, in my mind, the best running back in the NFL, a top three tight end in the NFL, and a top seven wide receiver duo in the NFL. There's no other team in the NFL that can say that. And for that reason, the 49ers, yes, they have the best group of offensive weapons as any other team in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey wasn't even an all pro last oh, year. Oh, miss me with that. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> no, that that's an unfair shot. Uh, he absolutely should have been. And I don't know. Like, I, I do wonder if maybe just because he was traded, like it, it's always funny, like in baseball, for example, it doesn't apply when you trade in division. So maybe this is a stretch, but you know, if a player gets traded from the AL to the NL, their stats restart. So they're not <laughs> qualified for either MVP award because they're basically yeah. splitting time. Uh, although there've been some, some circumstances where it's been really close where a guy's just gone off. And so I don't know if, 
I don't know, the, the voters or the, you know, whoever's handing out these accolades just decided, oh, well, you know, Chris McCaffrey's on a new team now. And so his stats just start from zero the moment he goes to San Francisco. That's going to come into play when the San Francisco Giants acquire Shohei Otani at the deadline. Am I right? <laughs> I thought they already had one sitting in the minor league system. Hey, what's better than one? It's two of them. Yeah, exactly. One's right-handed, one's left-handed. Mm-hmm. I got you. Uh, I think also Bill Barnwell's evaluation of the Niners weaponry is based off of the um, regression to the mean specifically of Debo Samuel. That mm-hmm. was a guy that he touched on a lot because his whole point, and I think it's valid, is if Debo Samuel truly is the number one yak target in football, or or I think he was number two last year, but over the course of the last three, uh, three or four seasons since he entered the NFL, he's been number one or close to in that category per game. There, there's no way that Debo Samuel can't regress in a positive fashion to where he once was, not quite potentially at the 2021 level, but if he is there, he also described Brandon Ayuk's barely thousand yard season as quote unquote ho hum. So that is also potentially able to be improved upon, or at least the efficiency wise. And then, like you're talking about George Kittle being, you know, a, a conservatively a top three tight end, Christian McCaffrey, conservatively a top three running back. You are looking at, I believe, to be the best skill position players in the NFL when you package them all together outside of the two most important spots up the middle offensive line quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the big caveat here is you're not considering offensive line. You're not considering quarterback. So it doesn't mean that Bill Barnwell thinks the 49ers have the best offense in football, but they have, in my opinion, the best collective group of ball carriers and pass catchers. And I, I think, I, I know maybe you slightly disagree. I, I think the 49ers are not lapping the field, but I think they have a considerable margin in that regard. Now where things even out is again, the offensive line and the quarterback play. It's yet really to be determined how Brock Purdy will play for a full season. Something we just talked about. If you, if you didn't listen to the first segment from this episode, I would suggest going back and listening to it. Now there's an update on Brock Purdy and all of that. Um, It's, it's really yet to be determined how he's going to fare coming back from an injury and in his first full year as the team starter. And then you have Trent Williams in the left tackle spot, and you could poke holes in all four of the other offensive lineman spots. You really could. I think that, you know, a guy like Aaron Banks also on the left side is going to prove to be a quality starter in this league, but you still have your doubts at this point right now, June 26th, as we're recording this on Monday evening. But, when you just consider the pass catchers and ball carriers, I don't think there's anyone else in the NFL that has a claim to the number one spot, which is wild considering, I don't know, me growing up as a 49er fan, you, you never really were accustomed to the high-powered, incredible offenses. And I know that this offense kind of does it in different ways than the other offenses do. I know you have concerns about Brock Purdy's arm strength, his ability to make all the throws, stretch the field down the field and all of that. That's where a lot of these other teams, I mean, the other teams that are, you know, in the top five, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they kind of do kind of do it in a different way, but Hertz has really good arm strength and has a couple of deep threats, Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Cincinnati is, is in the second spot, according to Bill Barnwell, and they have probably the best wide receiver duo in all of football and probably the best wide receiver 
trio in all of football as well when you consider Tyler Boyd as well. Um, so they do it in a different way, but it, it's still just wild to me to think the 49ers are in a position where they have this much talent on the offensive side. We're just going to have to wait to see if it will translate like it did at the end of last regular season when everything was clicking. But if they could figure out the offensive line and if Purdy does not regress, this could be, if not the best, one of the best offenses in all, all of football. Yeah. And if if was a fifth, we would all be intoxicated. The one thing actually I do want to mention that I can remember in our lifetime, Mark, I can't speak about before us. We're two young guns. So uh, I do want to throw into the 49ers greatest skill position group, the 2013 team, which unfortunately didn't have a ton of overlap afterwards. But uh, Anquan Bolden, Hmm. Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore and Vernon Davis are pretty good foursome. I loved Vernon around those guys yeah. uh, I, I know that I think that was their only year that they played all four together but that was that was a great group as well and it ended in heartbreak I'll, I'll just I'll just say that this is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game that's Mark Grandy I'm Evan Giddings we're coming at you twice a week here in the off season please download the Odyssey app rate us subscribe to us there Okay, Mark, let's get to your favorite portion of the episode, the rumor mill. And I want to make sure I get this right, because my guy, Mike Florio, um, your guy, (laughs) (laughs) is talking about our man, Kirk Cousins. Oh, brother. Football Talks, Mike Florio was on the Rich Eisen show uh, over the weekend, actually, in fact. But here's the quote. I'll let you respond. Okay, here we go. Let's play it out, Rich, to March of <laughs> next year. I, I I think you're gonna see, unless, unless the Vikings re-sign him, Kirk Cousins, that is, by then, and they can't use the franchise tag on him in a way that his contract is structured, you're going to see a potential tug of war between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay for Kirk Cousins next March. Mark that down. Uh, That wasn't my best Mike Florio, I'll admit, but I do love the way that he's able to just roll these rumors off of his tongue without a whim. And uh, Mark, you know, it's it, it it's hot, it's steamy, it's fiery, it is inflammatory, and it might be downright dog water. But what do you think about it? It is absolutely disgusting. That's what it is. This is the most ridiculous rumor that members of the National Football League media just simply cannot quit. It is wild how this gets floated out there. Every month, it seems, especially in the offseason. You're like, oh, it's a down period of the NFL right now. You know what we should do? Let's throw out Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco 49ers once again. Why don't you? And you know what makes this even worse? He's also saying he thinks there could be a potential, quote, tug of war between Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers and Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams an offseason from now. That is just absolutely ridiculous. You're telling me the 49ers, who have given you every indication and they have found the quarterback of their future Mm -hmm. with Brock freaking Purdy, they have him under a rookie contract, a seventh-round rookie contract. They're going to go out and sign Kirk freaking Cousins, who's making, what, 
40 million dollars a year this is just absolutely ridiculous kirk cousins will never ever ever start a game for the san francisco 49ers and anyone that says that this is a possibility loses my respect this is disgusting Uh, uh, that might be your best Kirk Cousins rant yet Mark although I am very much looking forward to Monday Night Football later this year when they do play each other because we might get a better one yeah no I'm I'm not I'm not not 100% with you because I think it'd be (laughs) difficult for me to top that decibel level you just found in yourself but look I I actually I do believe this makes sense for the Los Angeles rant for the Los Angeles Rams sorry so the the tug of war would be between Sean McVay and and Kyle Shanahan Uh, I'm assuming Sean McVay is not going anywhere as a head coach so I do think that this kind of makes sense for the Los Angeles Rams because this is down their alley they have acquired a a high profile uh formerly unproven or you know unaccomplished quarterback in Matt Stafford who was also very expensive they paid a heavy price for him I could see that um I mean it it let, let me put it this way in order for that to happen for Kirk Cousins to be a San Francisco 49er next year I, I like I, I, a dumpster fire would have to befall Levi Stadium the the place would have to crumble Kyle Shanahan would have to fade into a million pieces a la you know, the Avengers, he would have to be dismembered, dissimilated, and just sent into the oblivion for something like this to happen. But it is kind of funny. And I just, I'm curious, Mark, like, where is the, I don't know, the angle coming from for Mike Florio? Either he really hates Kyle Shanahan, or he just likes messes with him and, and, I, I, I don't know. It seems like all the, the Kirk Cousins or Vikings circulation this entire offseason has revolved around Mike Florio. And uh, as much as I respect him and I think he's very good at his job, I do wonder what the the whole purpose of this is. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's the just the straightforward Shanahan connection. He was with him when they were both together in Washington, um, and he's been... He's been linked to him ever since. Shanahan has been open about how much he likes Kirk You're Cousins. saying Cousins, not Florio. Cousins, yes, yeah. correctly. <laughs> uh, correct. I, I don't what the hell does Mike Florio have to do with Kyle Shanahan. I got no freaking clue. Um, but there has been that link between Shanahan and Cousins for a long time. They were together in Washington. Shanahan has been relatively outspoken about, I think admiration is too strong of a word, but his like of Kirk Cousins as a quarterback and there was a lot of talk about you know whether the 49ers would try to acquire Kirk Cousins pre Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers instead went for Jimmy Garoppolo instead of potentially waiting to sign Kirk Cousins as a free agent the following offseason so I understand why this is a connection I cannot understand why Now, after everything the 49ers have been through at the quarterback position over the last three, four years, why this continues to get brought up. It is past its expiration date. It is not happening. The only way that this ever happens is if Kirk Cousins is, you know, on his in his on his NFL deathbed and is looking for one final job and you know, why not? Why don't I, I come and, and sit behind whoever is the Niners quarterback for one year to 
right off into the sunset, try to get a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. That's the only way that Kirk Cousins is ever a San Francisco 49ers quarterback. I guarantee you it is not happening. Let's put this rumor to bed. And let's put this episode to bed on that note. Well said, Mark. You've been listening to the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Before you go anywhere, please download, rate, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app as well as wherever you get your podcast from. Check out us out, check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the 957 The Game channel. That's Mark Granny. I'm Evan Giddings. We'll be coming at you another time later this week on Thursday. We appreciate you appreciate you tuning in. Uh, rumors and all of it. And we'll talk to you next time.